Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit who is our teacher. Thank you, Lord, that he makes this word, your word, come alive in our hearts and in our understanding. We thank you for that today, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Mike, if you could bring me up just a little bit. Um, Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise God. So the title of my message today is, Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? The, uh, we, we see today, we have, and we can look in the scripture and we see and, and we have an overview. We've got a bird's eye view and we can see all that happened and, and everything. But think about the people that were involved at the birth of Jesus. And this was all new to them. They didn't have the same view that we have. It was unfolding in their midst. And so uh, the birth of Jesus, it's mentioned in three of the four Gospels, uh, Matthew and Luke and John. Mark's Gospel jumps right into uh, talking about the ministry of John the Baptist. That's where it begins. But Matthew, Luke and John talk about the birth of Jesus. And Matthew and Luke give us uh, the most details. And John focuses more on the spiritual significance of of Jesus' birth. Uh, So from what each of the gospel writers share, and today we're going to focus on on Matthew and Luke, and from from what they share, what what Matthew and Luke share in their gospels, from the pronouncements that the angels made to the prophecies of Zechariah, Simeon, and others, uh, we we can put together a complete Jesus or picture of who Jesus is. We can see a clear picture of, of what God was intending to communicate to us of who Jesus is. Who is this baby that was born in Bethlehem? What did he come to do? Well, the scripture gives us a clear picture. So let's begin in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son, the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And then verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And so the angel Gabriel makes the pronouncement to Mary that she's been chosen to to give birth to no less than the the Son of God. And the angel says that his name would be Jesus. He would be, uh, Scripture here also we find out, we learn that he would be a direct descendant of David. And he would be an heir of to the throne of David. And, uh, you know, by, by this time, the glory days were gone, though. You know, there was no, you know, from, from, the, uh, from the time that they came back from the Babylonian captivity, they were, 
they were under occupation by other, they were ruled by other nations. And so, and so the glory days of them having a king and that king reigning and ruling, those, those days were, were, were long over. And, uh, and, and yet, uh, this baby that was to be born was a direct descendant of David. And the angel said, he's going to reign on David's throne, meaning the glory days are going to return. Amen. The long, he, he, was, he was heir to the throne of David. He was the long-awaited and prophesied Messiah. That's who this baby was. He would reign over the house of Jacob forever, the angel said. And of his kingdom, there would be no end. Uh, he would be called the Holy One. It says there in verse 35, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So he would be the Holy One and he would be the Son of God. So this baby that Mary was going to give birth to, this Jesus would be the Son of God and he would be an eternal king. He would be and he is and was the Jews' Amen. Messiah. All right. And uh, so now let's go to, to, to the book of Matthew and see what Matthew records uh, regarding Joseph's encounter with the angel. You know, uh, as we've talked about uh, already in uh, this season that, that Joseph was going, he found out that Mary was pregnant and he didn't understand that it was supernatural conception. So he was going to break the betrothal, put her away privately. And, uh, and so the angel said, no, don't do that. Uh, this, this Mary is, is uh, con- what's conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. In verse 21, the angel said, and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, verse 22, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So again, uh, just as the angel Gabriel told Mary, you'll call him Jesus here the angel that, that appears to Joseph affirms that, reaffirms that, confirms that, says you shall call his name Jesus. So the revelation again that his name would be Jesus. And then, Amen. Uh, and then here he's not re- revealed uh, to Joseph. He's not revealed as a, as a great eternal king. To the angel Gabriel revealed to Mary that he would be a king. He would reign over the house of Jacob forever. He would sit on David's throne and, and, and of his kingdom there would be no end. But, but he's referred to in different terms here to Joseph by the angel that appears to him. You'll call his name Jesus and he'll save his people from their sins. Yes, indeed, he is God. The virgin's going to conceive. Uh, Matthew, Matthew records that this is a fulfillment that the virgin will be with child and will bear a son. They'll call his name Emmanuel, God with us. So he is God. Amen. He was born of a virgin. And yet, and the angel reveals to, to Joseph that he's going to be a savior. It says he'll save his people, the Jews, from their sins. All right. And so this Jesus would be a savior. And this Jesus is God. We learn this about him. Praise God. Now let's go back to Luke. And let's go to the night of Jesus' birth and the angel's announcement to the shepherds. Verse number 8 of Luke chapter 2 now. 
Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you in this day, there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Praise God. So the birth of this Jesus would be the cause of good tidings of great joy, and it would be for all people. Go back to go back to verse uh, ten again. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to who? To all people, to all people, not just to the Jews. The angel told uh, Matthew, you'll call his name Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. But now we get further revelation. Yeah, he's the savior of the Jews, but he's for all people, for all people. In fact, the Living Bible says it this way, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you the most joyful news ever announced, and it's for everyone. It's for everyone. Hallelujah. So for the first time in this, we, get, we have revealed and we begin to see that this Savior, Jesus, is not just the Savior of the Jews, but the Savior of all mankind. Amen. Hallelujah. And, um, and again, uh, so here in Luke, he's revealed uh, in this passage, not as a king, but as a Savior. All right. Amen. And a Savior whose effect would produce great joy and the lives of those his salvation touched. And um, I want to I show you, Kim, if we have that video ready. I want to show you a little clip of a video. Some of you have seen this before. I know David has. And maybe some of you, the video, <coughs> the video is called Etau. And it's the, um, it's the story and the account of a missionary couple that from Amish country in Pennsylvania that, um, that went over to Papua New Guinea and found this very remote tribe of people, the Moke people, and, and shared the gospel with the Moke people in far off Papua New Guinea. Now again, keep in mind that the angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy to all people. I bring you some good news that's going to bring great joy to all people. To all mankind, even way far off in Papua New Guinea. So uh, let's uh, let's watch just a couple of minutes of this. Today, almost all the village expressed belief in our Lord Jesus Christ. There was a sense of tremendous relief. The Moke are generally a restrained people, but as the gospel sunk in and new believers sensed the liberation from sin, spontaneous rejoicing broke out. Watch what happened. Village believers stating that he too believes that Christ has paid for his sins. Itao, which means it's true or it's good, it's very true. Village grammar rejoicing that he believes, so does she. 
different ones giving testimony as to their belief in Christ as their sin bearer. Mark saying that if they really are believing, then God's word says that their sin is forgiven. Itau, it's good, it's true. Spontaneous rejoicing breaks out. This went on for two and a half hours. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Get those lights back up, Mike. There we go. Thank you. Praise God. Good news of great joy to all people. This baby that was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, when the message of what he came to do was brought to this remote tribe in Papua New Guinea. Look what happened. And they found out that their sins are forgiven. They found out that when they call upon the name of Jesus, they can be saved and their sins are forgiven. It brought great joy. That's what the angel was talking about. Good tidings of great joy to all people. For there's born to you and for all mankind and for the people way off in Papua New Guinea and for the people here in coming Georgia, wherever you may be. A Savior. A Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. This message of the Savior would be known as the good tidings. It, the good news, it came to be known as the gospel. Praise God. And Paul wrote in Romans and said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who will believe. Hallelujah. This Savior, this Jesus, this baby that was born in Bethlehem would also be known as Christ the Lord. And that put Matthew or Luke 2, 11 back up there again. For there's born to you in this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He would, again, Christ, that, that is the, the, that's the Greek, but in Hebrew it, it means the same as Messiah. So he's affirming and saying this Savior, he is the, the long-awaited Jewish Messiah, and he is Lord, which means he is God. Verse 12, let's go on down to verse 12. It says, and this will be the sign to you. Talking to who? Who's the angel talking to? The shepherds, yeah. It's, it's for us, yeah. But specifically in that, in that setting, it was to the shepherds, right? The, the angels appeared to the shepherds. And this will be the sign to you, you shepherds. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Now, I've shared uh, some of this with you before, but I want to bring you, uh, bring your, uh, remind Remind you of it. Bring it to your, to your remembrance is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and this is from Dr. James A. Scudder. He writes, due to recent archaeological evidence in Israel, we now know what these signs pointed to. If swaddling clothes were a common practice after the birth of a child, how would this be a sign? Would they have to knock on every door in Bethlehem to ask if a child was born? If a manger were a feeding trough for stable animals, it wouldn't be any different. They would have to go around and ask everyone if they knew where 
the baby was born. It would have been no different than if the angels had left after they'd announced he was born in the city of David. And so, you know, that, again, that's, uh, you know, uh, uh, just any baby. Where, where do we go? Where do we start looking? Instead, the angels pointed the shepherds exactly to where the baby was born. These signs pointed the shepherds to the tower of the flock. In Hebrew, it's Migdal Eder. And it's referenced in the book of, of Micah. The tower of the flock was on the outskirts of Bethlehem and overlooked the fields in which the Levitical shepherds kept their flocks for the temple. See, these shepherds were not ordinary shepherds. These shepherds were raising the lambs, the sheep, to be sacrificed in the temple. And you know, the... the uh, Lambs, the sheep that were sacrificed, had to be without defect. They had to be without spot, all right? And so uh, it says uh, uh, these were Levitical shepherds where they kept the, the flocks for the temple. When a sheep was about to give birth, it was taken to the tower. The newborn lambs were placed in a manger, a clean stone bed, to be examined with swaddling cloths, white linens, which would be used to find any blemishes. Because the sacrifices had to be without spot or blemish, much care was taken to make sure that the lambs were free of any infirmities. There was only one place in Bethlehem that had a manger and swaddling cloths, the tower of the flock. The shepherds immediately recognized the signs as they were implements that they were familiar with. They would have no problem finding the babe since they knew exactly where he was. How incredible it is that the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world, was born in the exact place that the sacrificial lambs for the temple were born. Well, that makes perfect sense. That's the way God does things, right? Just as the temple lambs had to be spotless, so He had to be without fault to take our sin upon Him. Christ was indeed the perfect Lamb of God given to us. And so, again, this is a revelation that we, now that we have this insight... It's a, revel, a further revelation that the angels were giving in their pronouncement that this Jesus was indeed, this baby that was born in Bethlehem was indeed the prophesied Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. Verse 13 of Luke 2, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill, Toward men. The New Living Translation says, Glory to God in highest heaven. So the coming, now we, we you know, you, we've just, I've always passed over that as a, well, that's just some nice thing that they're saying, you know, just a, just a line for worship. Glory to God in the highest, you know. Um, but, but they were saying, Glory to God, God be glorified, God be praised in highest heaven. Now the Apostle Paul talks about, an experience he had where he said, I was caught up to the third, he yes, the third heaven. All right. There's the heaven that's the atmosphere around us. There's the heavens that are the stars and space and all that. Then there's the third heaven, the heaven of heavens, the heaven where God is. All right. And so that's what the, these angels were talking about. Glory to God in highest heaven. So the coming of Jesus resulted in great celebration and praise to God in the highest heaven. Hallelujah. That's what was going on in heaven. 
at the birth of Jesus. Glory to God in highest heaven. And now what about on earth? Well, they said something about earth. Well, on earth, what would it, what would it mean? What would it mean for us down here on earth? Well, peace and goodwill toward men. So God was reaching down to earth in this Jesus with an offer of peace, with an offer of reconciliation, an end to the hostilities. The Bible tells us that, 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 that sinful mankind is at enmity against God and is fighting against God and is God's enemies. And while we were still in that condition, God says, I'm, I'm, offering, I'm bringing an offer of peace. I'm bringing an offer of reconciliation. I want to, I want to offer an end to the hostilities. That's what the coming of this baby meant. There would be an end to the hostilities. Hallelujah. Praise God. And peace in the bigger sense of the word. Wholeness, completeness, nothing missing. Shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. That's what this Jesus was bringing to those that would receive him, to those that would believe on him. This Jesus that, that was coming would demonstrate the goodwill of God. Peace on earth, reconciliation, restoration, wholeness, completeness to those who will receive him and goodwill toward men. Jesus came to the earth to demonstrate the will of God, didn't he? Amen. I came down from heaven, he said, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Everything he did was a demonstration of the will of God. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Praise God. And so he was demonstrating the good will of God to humanity. He would demonstrate that God is merciful and ready to forgive sinners. Amen. Praise God. Demonstrating God's goodwill toward us. God's will toward you is good. Amen. He's not out to get you. Amen. He loves you. He's out to restore you, to bless you, to lift you. Amen. And that was the announcement they were making. That's what, that's, that's what this child is bringing. That's what this child is going to do. Hallelujah. Verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Again, they knew right where to go because they understood the son. We'll skip down here and also in Luke chapter 2, verse 28, where when Joseph and Mary bring uh, the baby Jesus into the temple to dedicate him, to have him circumcised, and uh, up they, they, they make the short trip uh, six miles from Bethlehem up to Jerusalem. Verse 28 uh, Simeon comes in, you know, he's led by the spirit and he comes in and he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people. My eyes have seen what? Go back to, go back to the previous. My eyes have seen what? Your salvation. When did his eyes see God's salvation? When he looked on that baby. When he looked upon that baby, he said, I, I, this, is, this is it, this is it, Lord. You promised me, you promised me that I would not die until I had seen your Messiah, I'd seen the Savior. And Lord, my eyes have seen your salvation. Hallelujah. Jesus is God's salvation for us. Hallelujah. 
which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. Again, not just for the Jews, but for all people. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So that's what Simeon, the prophecy of, 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 of Simeon, the prophetic prayer of Simeon reveals that Jesus would be a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and he would be the glory of his people Israel. Praise God. So let's, uh, so let's wrap this up. And uh, there's 11 things that I've mentioned here in case you missed some of them. There's 11 things. So let's number them here. Number one, he will sit... This Jesus, who is he? He will sit on the throne of David. The angel Gabriel said to Mary in Luke 1.32, he will sit on the throne of David. That hasn't happened yet, but it will. It will. Number two, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Again, that hasn't happened yet, but it will. And again, that's the angel Gabriel said that to Mary, Luke 1.33. Number three, he will save his people from their sins. Yes, he accomplished that in his death on the cross and in his resurrection from the dead. You'll call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. He did that. He did that. That was what the angel said to Joseph in Matthew 1, 21. And, and Reed, you can come on back up and begin to play. That was number three. Number four, his coming and what he would accomplish would be the cause of good news and great joy. That's what the angel said to the shepherds in Luke 2, 10. Hallelujah. And then number five, he would be a savior, not just for the Jews, but for all people. Again, the angel to the shepherds in Luke 2, 10, and Simeon in Luke 2, 30 through 32. Praise God. Number six, he would be a sacrificial lamb as revealed to the shepherds when they when they found out where he was born, they knew that those lambs that were, that were taken there to, uh, to the tower of the flock and they were placed in the manger there at the tower of the flock, that those lambs were, uh, and they were examined with swaddling cloths and they went and they found not a lamb this time, but a baby, but yet a lamb. Yes. Hallelujah. That he would be the sacrificial lamb as revealed to the shepherds. And just like John the Baptist talked about in John 1, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. The Lamb of God who does what? Who takes away the sin of the world. He did it. He did it. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's what those moke people in Papua New Guinea understood as the gospel was presented to them and proclaimed. And I, and I wish you'd go back. You, you, can, you can find that on YouTube. It's called Etau. E-E-T-A-O-W. Etau. And that's the, in the moke language, that means it is true and it's good. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's one thing to be true. It's another thing to be true and good. Amen. It's true. It's good. Amen. And that's what they were proclaiming when they heard it. It's something resonated within them. This is true. And this is good. Hallelujah. And that's, and that, and, and he spends, the, the missionary spends several weeks sharing the gospel, starting in Genesis, starting with creation and working all the way through and laying the foundation. 
to work. To, so they've got an under, by the time he gets to Jesus and the cross and the shedding of his blood and the resurrection, they've got a foundation. They've got an understanding. And then he says, now he did this for you. And he has put that verse back up there, Kim, if you would, verse 29 of John 1. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And they understood that Jesus had taken away their sin. That's why they could rejoice like that. Hallelujah. Well, we can rejoice in the same way. Amen. Praise God. Number seven. He is Christ the Lord. He is Messiah and God. That's what the angel said to the shepherds in Luke 2, 11. And then number eight. There was great rejoicing and celebration in heaven at the birth of Jesus. Why? God's great plan was coming into fruition. Heaven had been planning this and working toward this for thousands of years. And now he's come. Now he's here. Now the plan is coming into fruition. Praise God. So there was great rejoicing. Glory to God in highest heaven. Praise God. And then number nine, his coming would mean peace on earth and goodwill from God toward all mankind. The angels in Luke 2.14. Peace between God and, and man. The end to hostilities was being offered. Peace meaning wholeness and completeness, as we've said. God's will toward men. Jesus revealed that. Amen. He loves us. He wants to forgive us, heal us, restore us. He's our Father. Amen. Praise God. Jesus came to reveal all of that. Goodwill toward us. Amen. Number 10. He is the light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Simeon prophesied in Luke 2, 32. This happened during the earthly ministry of Jesus and it continues to happen today. Matthew 4, verse 13. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned, fulfilling the prophecy of Simeon that he would be a light to the Gentiles. A light to the Gentiles. The Apostle Paul uh, uh, says this in recounting his salvation experience, his conversion experience in Acts 26. So I said, who are you, Lord? When, when Jesus appears to Paul, on, or at the time Saul, on the road to Damascus. And he said, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet. For I've appeared to you for this purpose. To make you a minister and a witness. Both of the things which you have seen. And of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles. To whom I now send you. Who's he sending him to? The Gentiles. Alright. To open their eyes. Here's what your ministry, here's what your witness and your preaching is going to do, Paul. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance 
among those who are sanctified by faith in me. When that missionary came to those monk people in Papua New Guinea, they had been living in, in spiritual darkness and, and, and witchcraft and false religion. You, you know, the, the beginning of the video talks about that, about all the, all the demonic false uh, things that they were worshiping and all the demonic practices they were involved in. But when the gospel was preached, it did what? It brought light. It brought light. It drove out the darkness it, 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 and it brought light. Hallelujah. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the glory of your people Israel. That's number 11. He is the glory of the people of Israel. That's what Simeon prophesied. He's going to be a light to the Gentiles and he's going to be the glory of the people of your people Israel. Although most of them... Don't yet recognize him now? They will. Their eyes will be opened. The Jewish people I'm talking about. And they will receive him. Romans 11 talks about this. Romans 11:25. For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Verse 26, and so all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Hallelujah. So he's going to be the glory of his people Israel. They're going to come back to him. They're going to come to him. They're going to turn to him and they're going to receive him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're moving into that. You know, it's happening. It's happening. It's the time. It's in God's, God's timetable. The, uh, it says uh, blindness has happened until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. What does that mean? The fullness of the Gentile, that's about complete. That's about complete. And, and the gospel now and the, and, and the eyes of the Jewish people are beginning to be opened. Amen. And he will be the glory of his people Israel. Hallelujah. So this is Jesus. This is that baby that was born in a manger. This is the one who was born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. He is the King of the Jews. He is the Savior of the world. He is the one who saves us from our sins. He is the one who brings great joy. He is the one who gives us peace with God and makes the goodwill of God available to us. And He is the one who came into our darkness to give us light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. Hallelujah. For our wonderful Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're so grateful. We're so grateful that you came. And we're so thankful you did everything that was prophesied and spoken about you. You accomplished it. You did die for our sins. You were raised from the dead and you conquered death and you took away the sin of the world. Thank you. So that we don't have to be loaded down with that guilt, with that shame. It can be lifted off of us. Hallelujah. We can live and walk in righteousness. Forgiven, cleansed, not by our own efforts, but by your blood. By your goodness and by your mercy. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
While we're in an attitude of prayer, I want to ask right now, anybody in the, in the room here today, uh, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never received him as Lord and Savior. Today, you say, I want this Jesus. I want to, I want to know. I want to have peace with God. I want this joy. I want to know this Jesus. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. I don't ever want to take, take it for granted that I know the spiritual condition of everyone in the room. And so is there anybody here in the auditorium you'd say, yes, I need Jesus. I want to make him the Lord of my life. Raise your hand if that's you. I want to extend this invitation to those joining us on YouTube, our live stream, or maybe you're watching this archived message at a later time. I'm talking to you right now. Maybe you've never invited Jesus into your heart. Maybe you've never called on him to be your Lord and Savior. Today is your day. Right now, right now is your time. So I want to give you an opportunity to receive him right now. Just pray this prayer after me. It's very simple. God's, God's plan of salvation is not complex. We've all sinned. Our sins separate us from God. And God sent Jesus to restore us back to God, to deal with our sin, to do something about our sin, to take away our sin. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He is the Lamb of God that God sent to take away your sin. He's already done it. But we have to individually receive it. We have to individually believe on Him and individually invite Him into our heart. And then it becomes a reality in our lives. Then it, becomes, it comes into effect in our lives. So you can do that right now by praying this prayer. Just pray this after me. And those of you in the auditorium here, help me with this if you would. Pray it after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I recognize that I have sinned. And I need a Savior. Jesus, you are that Savior. You died in my place. You died for my sin. And you were raised from the dead. You are the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And now, you are my Lamb of God who takes away my sin. I receive you now. Thank you for forgiving me, cleansing me, and making me new on the inside. I am a child of God. Jesus, you are my Lord today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer, get in touch with us here at City on a Hill Church. We'd love to follow up with you. Uh, you can go to our website, cityonahillchurch.us, and you can contact us that way and uh, let us hear from you. We'd love to follow up with you. Praise God.